The following audio is from Norris Ferry Community Church. More information about Norris Ferry Community Church is available at norrisferrychurch.org. Well, good morning. Kids, y'all are dismissed. Thank you for worshiping with us. We'll see y'all in a little bit. If you have your Bible, we're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 24. A little different from our, our Matthew series, and so we're taking a little break uh, this week. And, and he, the reason why is that November is National Adoption Month, um, and then this Sunday is actually recognized by many as Orphan Sunday. And so I get the privilege of, of speaking about something that's, that's near and dear to my heart. Um, so y'all may see a little emotion every now and then, um, but we'll get through this together. Uh, so we're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 24, and let me just begin. I just want to begin this morning with a prayer um, for orphans. Uh, for the fatherless, if you would join with me in prayer. God, you are the father to the fatherless. Lord, you incline your ear to the cries of the orphan. Your anger is kindled at their injustice and at those who take advantage of them. Father, would you forgive us for the times that we've been selfish and callous to the needs of the fatherless. Lord, we ask that you would protect the orphans around the world. We ask that you would pour out your love onto the fatherless. God, we pray that you would stir up your church to protect and provide for those in need. Lord, would you give us convictions and creativity to meet the needs of the orphans in Shreveport and among the nations. Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you have your Bible, we're going to be Deuteronomy chapter 24, verses 17 to 22. And I just want to give you a little roadmap of where we're going. First, we're going to look at the the heart um, that God has for the fatherless. And then we're going to look at the actions that he calls us to. And then lastly, we're going to look at, at the endurance that it takes and where we get that from. And so we're going to look at these three things um, this morning. Let's begin by reading the whole passage, and then we'll come back and look at these. Read with me in verse 17. It says, You shall not pervert the justice due the sojourner or the fatherless, or take a widow's garment in pledge. But you shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Therefore, I command you to do this. When you reap your harvest in your field and forget a sheaf in the field, you shall not go back to get it. It shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. When you beat the olive trees, you shall not go over them again. It shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow. When you gather grapes of your vineyard, you shall not strip it afterwards. It shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I command you, do this. It may seem kind of strange, but right here in this passage, out of Deuteronomy, out of the law, then we just got a little window, a little glimpse into God's very heart. As a little kid, then uh, then I... I guess I'm kind of realizing I was a little stranger than I thought. 
but I, handwritten notes always meant a lot to me. You know, whether it was a little note that my dad stuck in my stocking as a little kid or, or whether it was, you know, a, a note from an aunt and uncle um, telling me verses they were praying for me. But handwritten notes always meant something to me. Some of you may have a, a rainy day folder or a little keep box that you keep them in. But I was, I was thinking about this and I, I just realized that the reason that these meant so much to me was that, that they, they talked about the important things. The notes my dad would write me and stick in my stocking, they talked about character. They talked about value. They talked about what the Lord called valuable. They showed me his heart. They showed me what he longed for me to grow in and to be. Aunt and uncle, they would, they would write a passage that they were praying for me. They showed me their heart and what they saw in me and what they longed for me. You see, these handwritten notes, they meant a lot to me. And what we see here in the scripture is that God didn't just write a little note. He wrote his care and his compassion and his heart for the orphan in his law. He said, this is to be kept. This is to be obeyed. He wrote it in his law. You know, but God didn't just say, hey, I want you to care for the needy because I care for the needy. He put a face on the needy. He said, they're the sojourner. They're the fatherless. They're the widow. The needy aren't just a cause to be championed, but they're a people to be loved. There are people with faces and names. So I wonder, who are the needy in Shreveport? I looked up a few statistics and and I found that 43% of all U.S. children are fatherless. I don't think Shreveport's that much different than the rest of the U.S. That means 43% of the children... In Shreveport, Louisiana, have no father. They are the name and the face to this passage. They're the classmate of your kid. They're the teammate of your kid. It's your next door neighbor. It's the kid you walk past in the grocery store. It's the child sitting in foster care. Is the child waiting in an orphanage in China or the one hiding in the bush in Somalia? God's heart breaks for the fatherless. And so should ours. Now I want to stop just a second because as I, as I looked at this and as I began to see these things, then, then immediately I felt within me something begin to justify my actions. And when I hear statistics like this, that there's 43% of children who are fatherless, I immediately think there's a lot of guys out there who aren't doing what God's called them to do. And that's exactly right. But their disobedience is never the justification for my disobedience. Just because they're disobeying what the Lord says doesn't mean that I get out of my responsibility to what he's called me to. You see, this passage doesn't say why they're fatherless. 
It just says they're fatherless and they're in need. And you and I are called to help them. You see, God's heart breaks for the needy. And I want to ask, does yours? Does your heart break for those in need? He's called us to action. So let's look at the actions that he's called us to. In this passage, then, then there's two categories that he gives us. They're protection and provision. The first is, comes in verse 17. If you read it with me, we see the protection that we are called to. Verse 17 says this, You shall not pervert the justice due the sojourner or the fatherless, or take a widow's garment in pledge. The clear command given by God is, You shall not pervert justice. To the fatherless. There are certain inalienable rights that every human being deserves because God created man and woman in his image. And therefore, they are deserving of certain inalienable rights such as protection. To quote a famous theologian, Dr. Seuss. I'll just have to save him because, after all, a person's a person, no matter how small. The world in which we live preys upon the weak and the vulnerable. Whether you turn on National Geographic or the evening news, you will see that it's the weak and needy that are taken advantage. The other day, I... uh, Overheard a little altercation in my, my backyard. The neighbors were over and they were playing with my kids. And I won't tell you which kid it was, but it's the one that talks the most. So you might know who that is. But I, I don't know exactly what was going on and I don't know exactly the situation of who did what. But I heard one thing very, very loud and clear. This little voice said, I'm going to tell my daddy on you. I'm going to tell my daddy on you. And at that response, the full weight and force of the U.S. military was at her disposal. (laughs) Because she has a daddy in which she can cry out to for protection. But what about the child who has no daddy to cry out to? Who has no one to to stand by their side and take their back? What about the kid at school who has no one to stand up for him? Who will be his protection? Who will fight for her? You see, God wrote it in his law that you shall not pervert justice due to the fatherless. A vice president once said, the moral test of government is how that government treats those who are in the dawn of life, the children, those who are in the twilight of life, the elderly, and those who are in the shadows of life, the sick, the needy, and the handicapped. God has called us to be a light in the shadows to protect the fatherless. So I ask, how are you protecting the fatherless? Will you plead their cause in legislation? Will you fight against those who seek to do them harm? Will you stand up for them or will you turn a blind eye? 
God has called us to take action to protect the fatherless. It's his heart, and he's called us to obey. The second category that we see in this passage is provision. If you look at verse 19, 20, and 21, it's where we see it. Read with me. When you reap your harvest in your field and forget a sheaf in the field, you shall not go back to get it. It shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the works of your hands. When you beat your olive tree, you shall not go over it again. It shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow. When you gather the grapes of your vineyard, you shall not strip it afterwards. It shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow. You shall remember that you were slaves in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I command you, do this. In these verses, God gives three laws about how you should harvest your field. Now, not many of you in here are farmers. There might be a few. But not many. So let me, let me just translate this. Fruit in the field equals money not in the bank. We understand this. That when God calls them to leave a sheaf in the field or to leave olives on the tree or to leave grapes on the vineyard, that meant that it was not going into their bank account. That's a loss of profit. Setting in the field. Now that's, a, that's an idea that you and I understand. Profit loss. We reduce that. We minimize that. But here God is calling the people of Israel to be different. God told his people to sacrifice their own profit in order to make provisions for the needy. The crops left in the field were not wasted. They were to provide for someone else who was in need. The money which you spend on the needy is not wasted. It is God's way of making provisions for his people. You see, everything comes at a cost. Every decision you make has consequences. If you adopt, your bank account will go down. I will just tell you. If you foster, it will cost you money. If you provide a Thanksgiving meal for a family in need, you're going to pay. If you provide a coat for a child in need, you might be left eating leftovers for the week. You see, God has called us to meet the needs and the provisions of the needy at great cost to ourselves. Your goal to grow your savings should never lead you to disobey God's commands. God has called us to make provisions for the needy. And you and I are to obey. But before we move on, it's, it's really cool in this passage because it's not just a cost to us. Wrapped up in this is, is this really cool aspect of what the Lord does. Look with me at the end of verse 19. It says this. 
It shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. When you and I walk in disobedience to what the Lord calls us to, we forfeit the blessings of God. Let me say that again. When you walk in disobedience, you forfeit the blessings which God desires to give. I don't care how many olives I leave hanging on a tree, I'd rather have the blessings of God. It's the incredible way that God works, that when we walk in obedience, he continues to lavish blessings upon us. As we continue to be his hands and feet to the needy and to the fatherless, he continues to bless us and bless us. Lastly, let's look at what it takes to endure this kind of ministry. This is the key to this whole passage. If we miss this, then we'll burn out. If our heart is just stirred because of people in need, it won't reach deep enough to cause us to move. If it's just the need of someone out there, then it will never motivate my feet to action. But God reaches deeper than just the needs. Look at this passage that we find in verse 18 and in verse 22. The Lord says, but you shall remember. You shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Therefore, I command you, do this. Verse 22. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I command you, do this. Israel's slavery in Egypt should have made them sensitive to the needs of the less fortunate. In the same exact way, your forgiveness in Christ should make you sensitive to the needs of the less fortunate. Listen to what Paul says in Timothy or in Titus chapter 3 verse 38. He says, for we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. You're the slave. You're the fatherless. You're the needy. That's all of us. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs, children, with a father, according to the hope of the eternal life. The saying is trustworthy. 
And I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. God didn't just save you to get you out of hell. He saved you in order that you might be his instrument of redemption to someone else. In order that you might do good works in protecting and providing for the fatherless and the needy. Compassionate consideration which arises from one's own former less fortunate condition is what should motivate all believers to love the needy. The antidote to burnout is remembering. When we understand that God lavished His grace on us in Christ Jesus, when all we deserved was His just wrath, we become very, very generous people. Tony Meredith says it like this. Once people begin to realize that they have received from Jesus the opposite of what they deserve, they will begin to show grace and compassion to anyone in need. You don't show compassion to the needy because they deserve it. You show compassion to the needy because Christ showed compassion to you. And that's what will prevent the burnout on those hard days of foster care. That's what will cause you to reach deep and give generously in adoption. That's what will get you through when a child rebels, when you've laid your life down. Because you're not doing it for them, you're doing it because Christ did it for you. It may sound strange, but our compassion for the fatherless should not stem from their need. It should stem from our understanding that Christ has been compassionate and gracious to us. When we understand our depravity and the depth in which we were, and that Jesus reached down into that depth and met us, and pulled us out, and cleaned us off, and called us His own, then there's no fatherless which we won't do the same for. God's heart breaks for the needy. Does yours. Let me pray. Oh Lord, would you work in us? God, would you bring to remembrance the depth of our depravity and sin? That in your compassion and love and mercy, you redeemed us and called us your own. That you gave us a father to which we can cry, Abba. To which we can run to in times of need when we can say, I'm going to tell my daddy. Lord, thank you. God, would you stir in us that we would be compassionate people. That we would be the first ones to love the, the fatherless and the needy. That we would be the last ones to love the fatherless and the needy. God, make us generous people. 
with a heart like yours. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Norris Ferry Community Church located in Shreveport, Louisiana. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Norris Ferry Community Church, please visit us online at norrisferrychurch.org.